Welcome in to another Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. My name is Gabe Anderson, and I'm joined, as always, by Chris Emerson. Chris, how are we doing? We're doing well. You know, we're still sitting number one in the West. No one can be mad at that. And, uh, you know, everything's still clicking, even without Anthony Edwards, who is really visually looks like the leader of the entire team now. Yeah, absolutely. So so let, let's start with it. First, uh, some personal housekeeping on our podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. And uh, give us a five-star rating and follow on Spotify. Uh, let's just say, we can't say everything, uh, but big things are happening. Big things are coming um, for the podcast. And those things will be announced soon. By the way, I should mention we are on the, the Believe Sports Network. We want to thank them once again. So big things coming soon for the podcast, and we will be announcing them soon. But anyway, let's get into it. Uh, first order of business for today, some recognition for the Wolves good start. Coach Chris Finch named Coach of the Month uh, for really, really just the start of this, basically Coach of the Year so far. I would say in the front running, he it was for October and November. Obviously, a fifteen and four record can't get much better than that. But what have you seen out of Chris Finch so far uh, this season? I mean, what's really impressed me the most is just the fact that you know taking a roster that is a very strange setup, you know, it's got, you know, a million bigs. It's got no one that can really create off the dribble other than Anthony Edwards. Um, You know, we've got, you know, trying to find ways to get young guys like Nas and older vets, like slow-mo, you know, they're, they're taking each other's times Um, defensive player of the year candidate getting hurt and holding it all together and having consistent victories. Like, it's easy to fall asleep on a Tuesday in Charlotte or, you know, on a Thursday afternoon game in Toronto, but this team is up for every game and they play hard every game and we're not letting those easy wins get away from us. And that's what separates like an eight seed and a three seed in this West at the end of the year is just being consistent and getting the wins that you need to get. And it's crazy it's crazy because he hasn't been here that long. He's been here since 2021, but he's already the second winningest coach in Wolves history, which is which is in two ways great for Finch and says terrible things about who we've had before him. Um, particularly when I believe third on the list. No, no. So uh, Tom Thibodeau and Rick Adelman are tied at 97 wins each which Rick Adelman had one decent year. I thought we were going places. But anyway, great start for Chris Finch. And like you said, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, he hasn't been afraid to try things. Like when when guys go down, like for example, in that Charlotte game, which we'll get to in a second, he tried a three big lineup for a little bit. It was Nas, it was Rudy, and it was it was, uh, it was uh, Cat. And he said, look, these are my three best players right now. I have to have them on the court for for this stretch. And I, I thought that took a lot of guts for him to do. It does. And I think he's nailed it, though. I think they are the three best players that we have out there. And I think that is kind of telling moving forward. Uh, we need to get better guard depth. 
you know, and, and I love that we're willingness to play these three bigs together and it looked okay. Um, you know, but maybe they'll get better with time. I think we can play it more often, but I think it's really kind of illustrating the fact that we need a dynamic guard of some kind to help this team uh, keep moving in the right direction. But until that happens, hell, go four bigs, do whatever we can. Well, it's interesting you say that because let's say Jane McDaniels or Kyle Anderson is on the floor with them. That's almost another big in itself. I mean, what? There's rumors in training camp that Jane McDaniels is like 6'11". I, I'm not sure if I'll go that far. Uh, Kyle Anderson's got to be close to 6'9 or something like that. So hey, we got we got crazy length and height. I would love to see an Anthony Edwards, uh, McDaniels, Nas, Cat, Rudy lineup. I need to see that for at least, you know, a couple good stretches. But 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 expanding on that a little forward, who are some guards around the league that you could see the Wolves maybe going for? Like obviously we're not talking about like a James Harden, but who are some like guys that could take a gamble on come? And I know we're not near the trade deadline, but come trade deadline or maybe even before. Or or let, let me let me say this: Could you see them making a big move for like a Zach Levine? Or or are you thinking smaller than that? You know, I don't think they're going to make any big moves when you're sitting number one in the West, and I think that's the correct move at this point. But I think there's a lot of small moves that we could easily make. Um, one of my favorite names that I hear out there is Bones Highland all the time towards the Timberwolves. Yep. Um, you know, T Tim Connolly drafted him. Um, he supposedly loves, you know, like the cut of his jib. He loves the guy, you know. And uh, rumor had it that just, you know, six months ago or whenever the trade deadline ended, the Timberwolves were interested in Bones, but Denver uh, went out of their way not to trade him to us. So, I mean, he went to mm -hmm. he went to the Clippers for two second-round picks. So it's not like this guy would cost a lot. Um, I would love to make a play at him. He's a kind of a spark-in-the-fire spark kind of uh, – uh, point guard that can give you a lot of points can probably give up a lot of points at the same time, but that's the kind of athlete I think we need right now um, to help us out. I love him. I love the idea of maybe like, you know, our first pick from a couple years ago, more junior and maybe a second for him or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like he's going to command a big, a big trade package. I like Kobe white um, from Chicago. If they completely blow that up, he's got a good contract. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they're, motivated to move him, but if they're blowing that whole roster up, he's a score first kind of guy. Um, Cole Anthony down in Orlando just got a contract. These are guys that, you know, Kobe White and Cole Anthony, you'd have to move a contract like slow-mo to, to help get there. But it all depends on, on who's going to be moved. But I really would like a combo guard um, complement to this team right now. Mm -hmm. I agree. It just, just, uh, just talking about some of the ones I think Kobe white is definitely uh, a possibility just considering the state of the, uh, of the Chicago bulls right now. I mean, they, they really need to blow, do something because it's obviously yeah. not working. And it's not like our situation where like, uh, cat went down last year and they didn't really get to vibe together or mesh together. Yeah. These guys have been playing together for like three seasons and it's, and, and what, it, what is it merited? Yeah. Basically the play in tournament is what it's made. And, 
So they had one really good run two years ago at the beginning of the year, and then they sank into like the sixth seed, lost in the first round. Then they then they go to the play-in tournament, and DeMar DeRozan's daughter is yelling during the free throws, and that's basically the highlight of that season. And, I mean, it's just – it's not working right now. And it goes to show that – and the, not to talk about the Bulls too much. It goes to show that you can't just throw – random pieces together even if they're good and expect something good to happen because you have three let's be honest three good offensive players in Zach Levine Nikola Vucevic and uh and DeMar DeRozan and it's not working yeah I mean those are all-star level players even drafted role players to fit around there in like the their power forward they got I forget his name something like Williams or something you know, they drafted him to fit as like the do-it-all grinder type guy. They got Kobe White as a spark off the bench. They got um, a bunch of players that kind of seem like they would fit around there, but the roster's just trash. It just doesn't work together. Mm-hmm. So, so let's move forward and talk about our squad a little bit. The other one, although the other one you mentioned, Cole Anthony, I, I, I don't know. I don't see the magic trying to blow it up unless, unless they're – they get like a really good player from us. I, I don't see them doing it just because um just just because they're on the run of their lives right now. But anyway, let, let's move oh, yeah. forward. Let's talk let, let's talk about probably my front runner for defensive player of the year, and that is Rudy Gobert. He has been he, last year, last year I feel like he was just out there playing some defense and blocking a few shots. This year he is he's been a difference maker. He's been a I don't want to say MVP kind of player, but really at the end of the games, like you watch the end of that Charlotte game, that block against Mark Williams, that completely turns the game around. And Mike Conley goes down the other end and gets that and one. But that doesn't happen without that block on Mark Williams, who who you like a guy that you like. I know you were talking about uh when it came around to the draft, but man, I, I yeah. just want to read. I just want to read uh, some of Rudy Gobert's stats recently because they, they they're just they're so impactful. I just just the amount of blocks against the Hornets three against the Jazz three Thunder four two two three two one two three. He's averaging two point four blocks a game and his defensive efficiency is through the roof. This is the Rudy Rudy Gobert we traded for. And what's crazy is all those numbers are impressive. I mean, they actually jump off the page at the type of game he's having. Like he leads the league in like, you know, three plus block nights or something like that. But when you watch him play, like for those that just look at the box score, it is impressive. But if you watch the actual game, it's an entire different thing. The way that Mm -hmm. people will drive to five feet from the basket you know, pump pump fake four times and kick the ball out because Rudy's anywhere around there is is you know five six times a game that happens. The time I mean, the, he probably in theory blocks like eight shots a game because guys just right. refuse to shoot around him. It's it's staggering the kind of actual impact he has. And and like like we were talking about, I think a couple podcasts ago. Uh, it helps the rest of the defense because Carl Anthony Towns, he's his limitations has always been defense. But if Carl Anthony Towns can just lead the guy to the basket and let Rudy take care of the rest, I mean that that's that's a total win for the team. Plus, 
I mean, like, let, let's say, like, against Charlotte, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker having a tough night defensively, some defensive lapses. But but what makes up for it is the presence of a guy like Rudy Gobert. It's just he he's he's my favorite for defensive player of the of the year, and I, I don't I don't think it's close right now. It I mean I can't say I've watched you know Anthony I've watched every Laker game as well, so I can't sure. tell about the impact. But like you said, you know blowbys happen in the NBA. That stuff happens, but the way that Rudy is controlling everything is it's astounding. Like it's, it's unbelievable. And he is fired up about it. Like him getting Mm -hmm. those six dunks last game is the team paying him off for all that hard work and six dunks in one game. That's like enough allowance for him for like another, you know, six or seven games. He can go with like two or three shots a game now and he'll be happy. Like you don't have to feed that guy all that much, but you do have Mm -hmm. to feed him a little bit, but man, he is killing it he's doing everything you could ever imagine him to be and he's changed the culture i think almost himself uh finch is is in on that too but that whole like every day we play hard culture comes from a guy like rudy gobert so we're talking about big guys here and another guy i want to talk about is uh nas reed i i heard him uh, do you ever do you ever watch you ever heard of Kenny Beecham? The, no. the YouTube okay. He's he's this YouTuber, he's got this whole brand. Um he he does a lot of like 2K stuff, but he also does like uh, a lot of bas he basically talks basketball on YouTube. Uh and he and uh it's actually a good interview. Nas Reed was was interviewed by him. They talked for about 11 minutes, and he said that the the guys that he idolized growing up was Boogie Cousins. Remember, Nas is not that old. <laughs> so so Boogie Cousins, Kevin Durant, and I was thinking about it, not not to like a hundred percent, but I see a lot of Kevin Durant in his game. Wouldn't you say? I mean, Cousins too. When people forget how good Cousins was as a mobile yeah. big, that was not quite you know seven foot, but he had good size. Yeah, I mean, those are great idols. And, I mean, Nas has got games spilling out of his pockets. So I'll take I'll take all those people and mix them together and call it Nas. Absolutely. And he, he's, he was huge in that one game uh, against going back to the Charlotte game. It really, all yeah. three big men combined for 77 points, uh, a total of, I think, about 63% of the team's total output. And when 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 you, you don't have great guard play, particularly with Anthony Edwards out, when you can get yeah. uh, that much from your bigs, that's huge. It is huge, and I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I think Nas has played over thirty minutes. I don't even know if he's done it once this year yet. Um, mm-hmm. We need him to be playing thirty minutes a game. You know, like Troy Brown has more thirty-minute games possibly than Nas this year, or about the same amount that shouldn't happen. Um, I wish that we could get him in more. And I don't know. I think it's just, we have like, we have one too many bigs right now. You know, we have one too many, too many big bodies. And uh, I want to see just like a three man heavy rotation of Nas, Cat and Rudy with sometimes I'm all playing together. Um, But Nas has got the ability to be that six man of the year type player and if we want to make a run in the west that's what he needs to be like if 
if he's not a top three candidate in the sixth man of the year, I don't think we have a shot in the West. Like we need that spark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, it's a great possibility that he could be the sixth man of the year this season. I, I was looking up candidates for sixth man of the year. Like I'm looking at the sports betting odds tracker and, and seeing where he's on, on there. Uh, it looks like, let's take a look. It looks like he is not on the list as of now, which is crazy. Um, Number one is step up. Yeah, number one is Tim Hardaway Jr. Somehow, uh, Emmanuel quickly, Austin Reeves, Cole Anthony, who we mentioned earlier, Cam Thomas, Russell Westbrook, Malik Monk, who's having a great year. But I, I don't know. He he'd at least be in my top ten for sixth man of the year, uh, particularly with how good the team is playing. That's the yeah, thing. I mean, I think- yeah, I mean, a lot of those are big market guys. You know, that'll happen early in the year. Let all the dust settle, and if we stay winning games, you know, he'll be up there. Right, and and that's the interesting thing. I think that the Wolves will be, like, for example, we could potentially have three All-Stars this season, and I, I don't think that's out of the question that we do have three All-Stars in, obviously, Cat, Rudy, and uh, and and uh, Anthony Edwards. I, I, would, I would not put it past us to have three All-Stars. If you're Let's say now we got some tough games coming up, but let let's say your top two or three in the West at the All Star break, I could totally see us having three All Stars. We should. That's the kind of respect you should get if you're a top two seed in the West, um, and we have deservable players. So there's no reason we should. And truthfully, the person that'll be the hardest to make it'll probably be Anthony Edwards, just because the guard plays so hard. Um, you know, to get up there and, and, you know, he's putting up giant numbers, but I mean, his numbers aren't that giant compared to some of these guys right now. So he might be the odd man out, which would be crazy to think. Filling in for Ant. Now, uh, Chris Finch was on Dan Barrero locally here in Minneapolis. Uh, Ant's, or he said that Ant's uh, pretty close to coming back, uh, which you'd think given a couple days, that he would be able to come back uh, to play the Spurs. Maybe they give him one more game of rest. And then Jane McDaniels, don't think we're going to have him on Wednesday. Uh, but the uh, Finch did say that uh, they would love to have him for the road trip. So that that's pretty encouraging. How do you think – I mean, obviously they've been winning, but um, it, how do you think the team overall – what 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 do, you, what do you think they've been doing well well in Ant's absence? Um, I think the best thing they did in in Edwards' absence was uh, fall into an easy part of the schedule. You know, <laughs> like I think it really was helpful that we ran into some of the worst teams in the NBA at the correct time, and finding the Hornets without ball or without ball is. I mean, that's a stroke of luck for us. So, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes everything comes up Timberwolves, and uh, right now that's what's happening. Um, I don't think we've been all that great without Anthony Edwards. I don't think that we've – our offense has looked pretty stagnant. But what I have liked is Troy Brown Jr. has found a role on this roster. Mm -hmm. And I think, if nothing else, that's one of the most important things that's happened so far in this year is – 
we can now establish hopefully him long-term as a role player. Um, and that's something that you have to find out while you're building a team, if you're going to make a playoff run, is who will be your guys that you can trust to have a role. Right. And that, that's interesting because that's exactly what I was going to mention. It's almost – now, it's obviously not a good thing that Ant almost that got hurt and missing a couple games, but it's almost a blessing in disguise because you, you, you kind of figure out what you have in the other guys on the bench because they have to step up. Now, Troy Brown Jr., I was at that OKC game uh, earlier the, last week, and man, that was a fun one. What people forget is the Wolves were down four when Ant went out, and, and they 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 went against a full strength yeah. OKC team. They went against a full strength OKC team and beat them in the third and fourth quarter. I thought that was extremely impressive. Troy Brown Jr., twelve points in the fourth quarter, and. Man, if it's almost we need to happen what what happened to Troy Brown Jr. We need that to kind of um kind of leak off on our on our other signee from the offseason. We we need to see better things out of Shake Milton. I don't know what's going on with him. He made a couple tough baskets um against Charlotte, but we need him to play better. And that's what you mentioned with the guard play. Do you do you think he can play better, or is this just the shake? that we get. I don't know. What do you think? So I wanted to think he could play better. I was, I was hoping so. And, and, you know, it's one of those guys where you see him in spurts and you're impressed with them. If you, if you happen to catch one of those two or three games, it's probably not a coincidence that he put up like 30 against the wolves last year. And then we happen to sign him in the off season. Um, but when a team like Philadelphia, who, you know, has some trouble on their own, is willing to let a veteran guard that can, in theory, play two guard, play some point guard, go for five million. Maybe yeah. that's a red flag to, you know, how did we get him so cheap? Maybe it's because it was damaged goods. Um, he seems a little. He seems a step slow. He seems terrible on defense. Um, you know, I, I don't really see the shot looking like I, I trust it. Um, anything can no. change, but. If uh, if if we need to add another five million to a package, a trade package, I would be, you know, happy to drive them to the airport. Yeah, I agree. And I was excited when I got when we got uh, Shake Milton because yeah. I was watching highlights. He was finishing tough shots at the rim. That seemed like that was his mo was getting to the rim and finishing tough shots. But like you were mentioning, when he shoots the ball, I have no confidence it's going in the basket. No. None whatsoever. And it's scary because a lot of times it'll be him and slow-mo out on the court at the same time with that second unit. And mm -hmm. that's some terrible offense right now. Like it just period terrible offense. So we've got to get something better out of that uh, grouping um, or else we're going to have a hard time moving forward in the playoffs. I agree. So one, one last topic, let's take a look at the wolves going forward. Uh, obviously, a little bit of a break with the in-season tournament right now, which I, I think has been a great success. I, I, oh, I, I've, re I've really enjoyed watching it. Um, well, let us let me add one more thing to that. Yeah, go ahead. For the NBA, here's a hats off to the NBA. Adding the in-season tournament, which brings um, fans, brings some excitement to the NBA when it's still football season and, mm -hmm. you know, adds a little early season pressure to these vets who a lot of times take it easy 
So that's a huge win. And then the play-in for the ter- from the for the playoffs make the end of the season also important for those same vets. And it makes it makes the season more competitive throughout the whole year, makes it interesting. And you didn't have to change the way the game was played, change the number of games, you know, for the you know in the season, which ends up messing up stats and career records and stuff. So I think it's a huge improvement that the league has made. I'm, I'm I'm happy with it, and I like that the NBA is smart enough and innovative enough to make these kinds of uh, kind of big changes. I agree. The only thing I'll say is fix the courts. Let's, uh, you know, and I'm the opposite. I think that it's nice to be flipping through, and all of a sudden you see some crazy god awful court, and you're like, oh, what is this? <laughs> but it also tells you, hey, this is a tournament game. Yeah. You know, like you're never right. going to mistake a tournament game. Oh, is this a tournament game or, or is this not a tournament? Oh, you know, you know, mm-hmm. right away, you know. So that's right. kind of a, I mean, they could maybe tweak the colors a little bit on some of them, but yeah, the idea I like. No, no, no. no. And that, don't get me wrong. I like the idea as well. Yeah. I just, just the, the, the execution. Just there were some, yeah, there, there were some swings and misses, which you're going to have with <laughs> yes. everything. Like there, there were some bad city jerseys this year as well. So yes. uh, don't get me don't get me wrong. I love the ambition. Love the love the ideas. Yes. Love the tournament. Like I I went to the in-season tournament like that that uh what was it? The the OKC game. It felt different. Yeah. It felt like a playoff game. So it, it was it and was that's great. What the, that's yeah. what the vet players are even saying, which is cool. Mhm. Yeah, I I saw Curry like uh coming out of the tunnel. He's like it's in-season tournament. It's a playoff game. Let's go. And they lost, but <laughs> which I'm happy to see. I'm always happy to see the Warriors lose. But anyway, that, yeah. that's a that's a topic for another day. So let's 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 talk about one more thing. Uh let's just talk about the next game. Uh playing the San Antonio Spurs, who I believe have lost 13 in a row. Now, usually hearing that does not perk up my ears because the Wolves traditionally have been like, oh, oh, you haven't won in a while? Well, come to Minnesota. Come to Minnesota and and get that right. E- even with decent teams, they seem to do that. But yeah, uh, what what do, you, what do you think we can, compared to the first time we saw Wemby, assuming, assuming he plays, what do you see out of the Spurs matchup? You know, it's one of those fun matchups where everybody's like – weird you know Wemby is weird big and long hard to care hard to control they've mm-hmm. got um their point guard that wannabe Dennis Rodman guy Solheim he's like a six eight like rugged back you down but wants to pass that's strange um they've got a lot of weird things going on with their roster which kind of is fun with us because we've got a lot of that weird things going on with our roster being so big and long so it's kind of an interesting proposal um when it comes down to it we should be able to easily just talent over talent beat them but what happens sometimes is when you know you're that much more talented than another team it gets in your head and it makes you play different um you know it makes you maybe try for to dunk the ball more often instead of just take the easy play so um uh, back to just being professional we've got to just check this up as another professional game and we have to come out there and play hard and don't let the hype of Wimby get in your head. Like, just mm-hmm. just play him like he's a normal guy. If he gets a block, he gets a block, you know. Right. Um, we we got to be a lunch pail team right now versus this type of roster. 
Also, I, I think the advantage could be for us, other than we're a better team and they've lost 13 in a row, I honestly think Ant will be back for this game. So I, assuming the, the, the same Ant comes back, which I assume it will, I, I, I'm not too worried about this matchup coming up. But anyway, uh, let, let's put a plug in it there. Thanks so much for being here, Chris. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, any day I can talk about one of the best teams, if not the best teams in the NBA, I'll do it. Absolutely. And this is the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast on the Believe Sports Network. Again, keep in touch with the socials and everything because big news is coming. I can't disclose what it is yet. But big things are coming for the podcast. Uh, make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. And give us a five-star rating. And tell us what you think of the show. We'd love to do some mailbag episodes. Like, if you got any questions. Um, if, if you got any questions, um, uh, put, put them comments. on the Spotify link or, or Apple Apple Podcasts. Wherever, just leave a comment. And, and we'd love to answer your questions. And as always, go Wolves. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.